0: All right, if you're a kid, raise your hand. Are you a kid? All right, cool. Right on. If your hands up, I need to hear your voice. I have the joy, joy, joy. but in there, so right between the 6th and the 7th someday, and that's where we're going to be today. So, to begin, I'm going to read for us our passage out of Acts chapter 1. i also put it in your handoff if you want to follow along. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them, not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord! Is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or the period that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing up toward heaven. Suddenly, two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This is the word of the Lord. So eight years and two days ago at 7.17 a.m. I breathed a deep sigh of relief. I heard a breath And then a cry, As story was handed to Caleb, stuck her thumb in her mouth, and then was handed to me. And it was like I was entering a whole new world. My life has never been the same since, (laughs) truly. Two months ago, all four of us were in the car, and we were going somewhere I don't know where, that was not what was memorable. What was memorable was story said out of nowhere, I don't know what the worst part of my life has been. <laughs> <laughs> agree with her about
1: in her eight years I don't
0: think that she has faced anything worse than losing two months of first grade her seventh birthday party promised gymnastic lessons over the summer 2020 water park passes church gatherings for five months the majority of her second grade year two teachers play dates for about ten months and that's not to mention all of the things that were cancelled Months, days, and even sometimes hours before they were to take place. This first story caused immeasurable disappointment. As I reflect on this time we have been in, I realize that we are now in one of those what now moments. Whether good or bad or a mixture of both, these What now moments are like the blips on the timeline of our lives. They mark these places, the places that we put little ticks by. They are not marked by certainty. They are not marked by confidence. They are not marked by clear vision and direction, rather They are marked by uncertainty. Our minds don't see the future. Only the looming question marks and the foggy visions. What now is what I imagine the disciples wondering as they stared into heaven as Jesus ascended. If they thought, well, that was weird. <laughs> Is he coming back? <laughs> I mean, that was kind of weird, like how he kind of like said that thing and then he just like disappeared, you know? The text suggests that he disappeared into a cloud that had come down uh, from heaven almost in the Exact same way that the Old Testament describes Enoch and Elijah and even Moses being taken away. So I think when in our minds, when we think about the ascension, and we think of like this rocket ship, like jetpack Jesus, like heading up into the sunny blue sky or something. Right, like there's darkness and there's a fog, and Jesus is taken away. <clears throat> but the text is sure to remind us that there were convincing proofs that Jesus was not a ghost, because you know you could kind of get that right. So the the this book of Acts says for forty days, for forty days he showed himself with convincing proofs and. And you may know that Acts is actually part of a larger work called Luke Acts. One work, two books, one gospel genre, one histography of the church, histography, how do you say that? Histography. Histography, I need to know. Histography of the church, but one book often come together. And both of them talk about this. Oh, we knew that Jesus was not a ghost. In fact, one of the reasons we know that Jesus is not a ghost is because Jesus ate with us. And at the end of the book of the Luke, there's this phrase that's translated, while he was eating. And it's actually so good. It's this Greek word, synalizomenosis. Okay, everyone say confidently, synalizomenosis. can hardly say that confidently because it's so hard to say. But I love this word because it, it it's translated while he was eating, but what it actually means is it connotes the sharing of salt. Like, we knew Jesus was alive because we shared salt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure! Remember that time he was alive? Remember, remember that Jesus is alive because we shared the salt. But also remember all the other times. Remember when we were on the road to Damascus, and he shared and revealed, opened our minds to the way that the Old Testament predicted this life of Jesus. And that we didn't even recognize it was Jesus until we sat down at the table and shared the salt. And he broke that bread like he did the other time. Remember when the women came to us and told us how Jesus had been raised from the dead? Remember when Jesus was crucified. Remember when we were in the garden before his arrest. Remember his teachings. Remember the miracles. Remember the healings. Remember when he called you. What now? The disciples stood there long enough that either some angels or Moses and Elijah had to come down and say, what are you doing? Why are you standing looking up toward heaven? The disciples had experienced this life changing. Experience. What did it mean? What was it all for? we are in one of those what now days. The days after you promise I will forever. The days after the death of a parent or a grandparent.
1: The days
0: after the surgery, the days during the treatment. When everything is different, The days after you close on the house or sign the lease or make the move. We are in those what now months. The months after the job was offered and accepted. The months after the diagnosis, when the treatment begins. The months after you move to the new city. Take the new job or change your professional trajectory or the months after the relationship is over and you don't know what is next. People are getting vaccinated. COVID cases in the U.S. and in Nashville are down. The city reopened at full capacity on Friday, any if you didn't realize. The CDC said if you're vaccinated, you no longer have to wear masks. <coughs> that is not true in this room, just <laughs> But I was here in this building on Friday, or Thursday, I think it was. And uh, you all know Miss Nancy from Woodbine UMC. She's the one always walking around here. She was here, and we decided that we were both fully vaccinated and we didn't have to wear masks around each other. And so we took them off. And let me tell you, it was straight up weird. (laughs) I mean, what are you now? all of this do we go back to the way it was before or is there somewhere new I imagine the disciples were wondering this wondering what now after all of this how can we go back how can we go back to the way things were after all of this when everything shut down last March I remember taking a walk in the neighborhood and Zach was outside, and me and Zach had a quick back and forth conversation about all that was happening. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this, I remember saying, I hope that things shut down long enough, that we reassess our, our rhythms and our, our relationships and, and our lives and our, in our culture. I hope that we have time to reassess how we should be living and Zach, I don't know if you remember this, but you were like, no way, man, that's not gonna happen. (laughs) You were like, this is gonna be like two weeks or a month, even if it's longer than that, we're just gonna go straight back to the way things were. Now, usually I love to be right, let me tell you, but I don't know that I have ever been so sad to have what I have hoped for come true. See, because I think that this disruption has gone on long enough. No. I think this disruption has gone on long enough to change everything. This will be a marker on the timeline of our lives. This will be a dot. And I think, I think that we've been through a life-altering event whose ripple effects will probably not even be fully measured in our own lifetimes. I think that this disruption of the status quo has been so large and for so long and has so saturated every part of our lives that there is no way that we can go back to the way things were. Over the past 14 months, so many things have changed. Children have grown. Grandparents have died. Masks have become second nature. Schools are different. Jobs are remote. Outside gatherings are preferred. maybe not entirely because of COVID, but for some of you, COVID was a huge factor. We have all learned to operate Zoom, Microsoft Teams, Facebook Messenger video calls, FaceTime, Google Hangouts, from the oldest of us, my grandparents in their 90s, to my four-year-old daughter who was issued a laptop by Metro (laughs) Nashville Public Schools. She cannot read, (laughs) but she can operate a mouse. (laughs) All of us, in one way or another, are staring up into the sky, wondering what now. Remember? Remember all that has happened? Remember when we sanitized our groceries? Remember when the blocks and people who were sick waited in their cars sick for over eight hours to get a COVID test. Remember when you got COVID? Remember when she did? Remember that one time that we had a scare? Remember the dwindling hope as the months stretched on? Remember the protests? The election? Remember the family holidays? The stress the strain, the conflict, the difficulty? Remember how hard it was on families? Remember how hard it was on singles? Remember how hard it was on students? In the midst of exactly where we are together and individually in our own unique situations, the book of Acts comes to us this morning and asks,
1: why are you
0: staring up into the sky? What are you hoping for? as things start to change, as this blip on the timeline of our lives gets more and more resolved and further from our noses, as Jesus descends into the cloud, what now? Is this the time, we might wonder, when God will restore the things that we want, restore the things that we miss, Restore the relationships that we desire. What now? The disciples asked Jesus a very specific question. Is this the time now that you are resurrected? Is this the time that you will restore the kingdom to Israel? Is this the time when you are going to conquer Rome and our oppressors? Can't you see, Jesus? We are powerless against this oppressor. We believe you are the Messiah. We believe you rose from the dead Pass the salt while you're at it. But what now? But, and this but is pretty important, but you will receive the power you desire when the Holy Spirit has come upon you
1: and you will be my
0: witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, let's, let me just, I'm just going to bring this home this morning. We are in a liminal time. We are not out of COVID, and we are not into the new thing. And we don't know what things are going to look like, but we all thirst for something. And it's funny because these first 11 verses in Acts meet us here. They meet us because the book of Luke-Acts, Luke is a gospel. It is telling the story of Jesus. But scholars and commentators don't actually know where to start Acts. Some some think verse 1, some think verse 12 after this. Because because for this this histography, this part is is pre-Pentecost. Verses 1 through 11 are are pre the church's existence, right? These 11 verses are the liminal space, the time between the time, the section between the books. Appropriately, at the ascension, this part of the Bible is where the disciples are unsure. See, come here. Okay. Come on in. Can you guys- Partnerships with the United Methodist congregations or Cosacha what now? Now what about what about the the neighborhood the neighborhood connections and impacts that that Kaleo was founded on? What now? The way we do everything has changed including spend money. What now for Kaleo's budgets? What about the garden work now that WoodyCrest has? started to own your own garden. What now? So much of our church life right now is us looking up into the sky and wondering, what now? And I think our passage this morning speaks to the heart of this question of ours. Because the disciples actually didn't need the political power that they craved. But Jesus still spoke to their desire, their need, their hope to receive power, when he said, you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So what is in your heart this morning? What do you want to see? Why are you staring up into the sky? I believe that based on these liminal verses and acts, that the presence of the Holy Spirit is also what is needed in the face of today's question of what now? The Holy Spirit will speak to our deep desires. The Holy Spirit will be the answer poured into our lives, into the life of this church. We need the Spirit to know what now. We need in this season. To wait on the spirit, to make a path. God's kingdom, this kingdom of unity, of calling, of move. Jesus, our Savior, you disappeared into a cloud and told the disciples to wait for the Spirit. Help us wait in this season of what now? For your Spirit's power and guidance in our lives, In our church, in our neighborhoods, and in your world, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit.